0: Good morning, bem-vinda, obrigada, querida. I can speak my own language too. Oh, good morning, guys. I am so so excited to be here. I'm trying not to get emotional at like every person I meet and every friend I see again, and the tears just come up. Uh, It's amazing to be back here. This this house is our home. These people are our home. And to be back here and see you guys all again and see all of our youth all grown up, it's just been amazing. So I know that most of you, if most of you will not know us and you don't recognize us, so you're like, why is she crying at everything? <laughs> um, here's the thing. I've got a few tattoos on my body, and I've put tattoos in a place that I can see and that I can reflect on because all my tattoos have meanings, right? And I just felt like when I was preparing this that Coastline is like a tattoo on my heart that I look back on and I reflect on. It's a tattoo on our hearts, me and my husband. He's going to cry, so I'm not going to look at him. <laughs> this is a tattoo on our hearts. We talk about you guys almost daily. We come up with stories and we remember things from this, our time at this church almost daily. We remember the lessons that we learned here. We remember the memories. We talk about you guys all the time. And so to be back here again and to feel being home is something very, very special to us. So I just really appreciate you guys having me this morning. Uh, This moment is really special for me. So thank you. So as a... (laughs) Thank you. As John said, yes, I'm currently working as an executive pastor back at Riverside International Church. Together with my husband, we are elders of the church. But I'm also working as a chiropractor, because that's what I came to Bournemouth for in the first place, <laughs> was to be a chiropractor. So that is what, what I do as well. So I have a few jobs. But back in 2010, we came to Bournemouth, and we made Bournemouth our home. I studied chiropractic at ACC. And Ruben studied at Bournemouth Uni to be a 3D animator. During our years in this town, we also made Coastline Vineyard our home. In fact, that was the very first thing Reuben told me after his very first service in this church. I was in exam ste- season, so I was studying really hard up in the library at ACC, and I couldn't come, and he said, Listen, let me go check this place out. I'll come back and tell you how it went. Three hours later, he shows up, and he says, I found us a home. And the next Sunday, we were at Andy and Beryl's house, and we were having lunch with all the students, And we felt like we had been part of this family all along. We didn't feel like strangers or newcomers. Now, I understand that today we've come to disrupt your 40 Days with the Holy Spirit series. And I just want to say thank you, John, for letting me do that and for allowing us to participate. Ruben was playing bass today because he couldn't come without having a time with Johnny and playing on the band. So I really appreciate you letting him in just like that last minute. But today, I'll give you a a little glimpse of our time at the Vineyard. I'm going to get to share with you a few of our most precious memories, and I'm going to get to also encourage you. Because when you let God in and you let God use you, He can do incredible things. And I just want to encourage you this morning with that. So, I'm telling you now, if you don't know this already, you are currently sitting in one of the most special churches. Surrounded by some of the most special people you will ever meet on this planet. If you don't know that, I'm telling you that now. And it's not because of this grand, gorgeous building. And it's not because of John, because we don't put John on a pedestal. And it's not because Johnny is the superhero. That's not what makes this church special. The heartbeat of God beats in this church. The very heartbeat of God beats in this church. And we felt that from day one. We felt that. The Spirit of God is so alive here in this church. The presence of God is tangible here in this church. And the people of God are so sensitive to the will and the voice of the Father in this church. That's what makes this church so special. So I just want you to know that, to take it in. And guess what? When you find yourself in a place like this, In the world we currently live in, I want you to settle in, get connected, and let yourself grow. The years that we spent at this church were marked by incredible growth in our spiritual lives. And I think what's also making me emotional this morning is not just my friends that I get to see again, but it's the reminder of who I was in this church, of who I grew up to be in this church of what I experienced in this community. That's what's making me emotional. God is reminding me, remember how much you grew with me here. Remember everything I used you for. Remember everything you've done. The valuable lessons that we learned here have kept us going until today. And as you've heard, we are in ministry now. We are you know, serving in our church at Riverside. But so much of what we're doing now are the lessons that we learned here way back then. 2010 all the way to 2015. Just for a little bit of background, because most of you don't know us, so a little bit of our story. Reuben and I are pastor's kids. We grew up in church all our lives. We were those kids, the first to arrive in the church building and the last to leave all our lives, separately, because he grew up in a separate community. We only met when I was a teenager. so We grew up in separate communities, but both pastors' kids. We followed our parents everywhere. We had to go to every conference. We had to sit in every life group meeting. We had to sit in every board meeting. Coming to Bournemouth as students, and also as a couple starting out married life, it was our chance to have a break from all of that. We could settle into Bournemouth and let no one know us. We could come to church and hide in the background and just chill. And let other people serve us for once in our life. But that is the exact opposite of what happened. Okay, number one, because it's just not in our DNA. It's not who we are. We love to serve God. We love to serve in God's house. But number two, because what we saw and experienced in this church moved us to serve. It moved us to participate and engage the leadership here at that time was so inspiring. The men and the women on the pastoral team, they invited us in such a special way. They connected with us so quickly that, like I said, we felt we had been here all along. Within three weeks of being in this church, Reuben and I were leading worship at their pastor's conference. It was like, oh, yeah, that's the opposite of chill and relax and sit back We couldn't hide in the background. We wanted to engage because that is what was happening in this church. The spirit of God was moving so powerfully, and we were drawn into that. It was amazing. During our years here, just to share a little bit about our story, we got to lead worship many times with Johnny and Pete and others. We were youth leaders, and we served with John in the youth ministry, along with Michael and Becca and Aaron and Lou and Jess we had such a beautiful team of worship, of worship team and of youth leaders. It was just really precious. We loved our time on Monday nights. I got to serve in the crash, even before I was a mommy. I just loved spending time with kids, so I served in the crash, and that's where I gave a lot of my Sundays. And guess what? We were often the first to arrive and the last to leave the building, because that's just who we are. It's in our DNA all along. One of the most special and marking experiences we've had were the soaking sessions. Both with our kids on a Monday evening, as well as with the whole church, we used to do soaking sessions. And I know you guys know this, but I just remember this church as being so creative. Our worship nights were marked by people dancing in the corner, painting on the walls and canvases, drawing things on the floors. I think Aaron and Lou, at the end of every sermon, had like a full illustration of like what was going on, because that's just how they process with God. They draw. So we just remember the creativity of this church, the soaking sessions of worship where people just fully surrendered and enjoyed God's presence. And you know what was really special about that? Is that it never, ever felt manipulated or constructed. Guys, that is so rare to find in the culture we live in right now. In the current current church culture, it's so rare to find... Moments of genuine expression of worship. Of real connection with God. Of real intimacy with God. Where things are not being manipulated and constructed. And where pastors are not, you know, making people do things. This church, at least what I remember of everything I experienced here, was that it was genuine and real. Sadly, we are living in a culture where churches are controlled by tight schedules, by what sounds pretty or comfortable, and by what looks pretty on the camera, I don't even know where the camera is in this church, so I'm not even trying to look pretty. But the church of God, unfortunately, in the world today is controlled by these things. In fact, I think many churches are surrendered to the will of the pastor instead of the will of the Father, and we are constructing and manipulating things to go our way rather than surrendered at the feet of Jesus in total submission. Rather than watching and waiting for what the Spirit is trying to communicate to His people. And so I just want to tell you guys that I really appreciate your Pastor John. And I really appreciate his leadership team. Because you guys, yes! We can can appreciate you guys so much. Because in your planning and your preparing, you're actually making room for the Holy Spirit. That's actually your main priority. And we've felt that since day one. That the priority of this church was to let God speak. Was to let God move. What a beautiful and precious thing to aim for. That we would have more of God's spirit in his own house. But how far we have come from that. How far we have deviated from that in church culture today. How far we have let that go. That we're no longer sensitive to the voice of the Father. Believe me, this, this is not the case in many churches. What happens in this church does not happen very often out there. I have gotten the opportunity to travel a lot in, in the world with my father and my mother who are the pastors of our church. I've had an opportunity to visit many churches. I've had an opportunity to watch and experience and not many places I've experienced what I experienced here But I just really pray for you guys for protection because the, the enemy is going to try to tempt us to bring the glory and the shine on ourselves, the spotlight. He's going to tempt us to say, do it your way. Do what you feel. Don't make room for the Spirit of God. Keep it on a tight schedule. Make it look pretty. Make it sound good. So I'm going to pray for protection for you guys because one of the most precious things I appreciate about your leadership is also one of the most precious things the devil wants to take away from you. And I pray that God will always protect Coastline Vineyard. Now, I want to explain to you guys the why for this title today, His House, Our Home. Last year, we had a theme of the year at Riverside. Every year, we choose a theme for our year. It just guides us. It gives us vision for the year. It gives us a sense of connection with what God is saying to our community. So it was His House, Our Home all last year. We explored the many ways in which God's house, His church, is like a home to us. And this is what we experienced coming here. The very first thing Reuben said to me, he said, I found us a home. And it is the same thing that is still attracting millions of people to the house of God around the world. Because his house is a place where we can belong, where we are loved and accepted, where people of all nations, of different cultures, oi amiga. <laughs> And upbringings can gather together in one place in true unity, in real unity. This doesn't happen out there, guys. The world is divided, right? The world is hating itself. The world is turning in on each other. There are countries divided. There are cultures divided. There is hate and there is racism. And in the church, we experience something unique and incredible, where we are welcomed, where we are loved, and where we are truly united. Now, if you're new to church, some of you may be new to this whole concept of church, I just really want to clarify something. Church is a community or a group of people who come together not around a religious idea or a philosophy of life. We don't come to practice a set of rituals. Church is a place where we gather foremost around a person, the person of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen savior. And we believe together that he is real, that he is alive, and that we have come here to focus on him, to encounter him, and to speak with him. That is what church is all about. That is what community means. And his house can represent so many things. But I'll just share four of my very favorite characteristics about God's house. The first one is that God's house is a family. God's house is the family that we choose. The word of God says this, Now therefore you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. As two young people coming from Portugal, we felt like foreigners in this land. But very quickly when we found Coastline Vineyard, we knew we were home. And this was the family we chose. God's house truly was our family during those years we lived in Bournemouth. We made friends for life here. Guys, this was... 12 years ago, and we're still connected. We still feel like we just catch up right back where we left off. We feel home. We feel like we're with family. To this day, we stay connected, whether that's directly or indirectly. Because guess what? Thanks to social media and Spotify, we are keeping up with all of our young people. The kids that we were ministering to and leading back in the day where they were just 13, 14, 15 years old. Now we're watching them grow up and we're seeing where God has taken them and we're so proud of you guys. We're keeping up with your Spotify's, with your releases, with your social medias. We're trying to keep up because we just want to see all that God is doing. We love to spend holidays with the Thompsons when they come to Portugal and we make sure we connect with them. We've even um, seen some of you come and visit us in Portugal over the years. But that is the joy of belonging to the family of God. It means that wherever we are, we can feel like we're right back with family, that we're just together again, we're united. The very nature of our international church, the one we serve in in Portugal, is that people come and go all the time. It's very international, and people are always coming and going. So we've had a lot of very sad goodbyes over the last 25 years. But now we know we have friends all over the world. In every corner of the world, we can visit them, because they are the family we chose. We had our very first baby, Zeke, in this church, far away from our biological family, but surrounded by our vineyard family. And the outpouring of love and care you guys showed to us was so comforting at that time as first-time parents and far away from our family. But during the years at Coastline, we also saw the birth of a few other things. We saw the birth of community houses, They started back then when we were here. We saw the birth of discipleship year with the young adults. We saw the birth of the Joy Cafe. And I just think that is such a beautiful and wonderful way to express the family of God to the town of Bournemouth. Secondly, his house is his body. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Romans 12 tells us, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The house of God is a place to serve and use our gifts. People from all ages can serve in God's house because we all have something so unique ...and special we can bring. And because God delights in our worship. Whether your worship is back in the cafe... ...whether it's setting up tables for a special event... ...whether it's live streaming to our friends at home... ...hello friends at home, I love you too, you're a part of this family too. The members of this body are meant to serve one another. In fact, you just read the verse of the day today... ...that talks about spur one another on, motivate one another... Did you know that the phrase one another occurs an incredible 100 times in the New Testament? It comes from the Greek word alelon, and it translates as one another, each other. Approximately 59 of those occurrences are specific commands of how we should relate to or not relate to one another. Just some well-known examples, teach one another, serve one another, love one another, motivate one another, encourage one another. Obedience to these commands in the family of God is imperative because it forms the basis for all true Christian community and has a direct impact on our witness to the world. Jesus said, I will, they will know you because of how you love one another. So how we live these one another's is imperative to our witness. Being part of the body of Christ requires unity, patience, love, humility. This is what we have been called to as children of God. But I know it's not easy, and it's not just a simple get along. You know as parents sometimes we say, oh guys just get along. But what God is saying here is not just a get along. This is real community life. This is real body work because bodies have to work united together. To really, truly live out the one-anothers of the Bible, we have to be of one mind and one spirit. You know, we can obey almost 100 of these one-anothers when we understand we are part of a body. We are important and valuable members. We have to engage and contribute to this body, whether that's on Sundays or life groups or any other ministry that this church has going on. Now, third, this house is a holy place. His house is a holy place. You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. God is holy. He's set apart. He's bigger and higher than anything we can imagine. He's superior. God doesn't conform to a standard. God is the standard. And he expects us as his children to be transformed into the likeness of his son Jesus who was also set apart. First Peter, he says this, but you are his chosen people, the king's priests. You are a holy nation who belong to God. He chose you to tell about the wonderful things he has done. He brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, when I say his house is a holy place, don't get me wrong because I'm not talking about it in the religious sense. Like when I visited Jerusalem years ago and people come from all over the world to just touch the ground that Jesus walked on, to sit in the buildings where Jesus walked on and adore them. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, this house, this building has been consecrated to God and His purposes for sure. But what I'm also saying here is His house, my heart, is a holy place. God makes His house in here, and this is to be holy, this is to be set apart. What does that mean? Does that mean I have to be holy when I'm outside of these four walls? Yes. That is exactly what that means. That means real Christian living, not religious living. Because in religion, we say, once you're in here, this is a holy moment. But when you're out there, see you later, you can do whatever you want. But when God makes his house in your heart, he's saying that is holy ground. That is a holy place. Holiness, like everyday holiness, means being holy wherever we go. Everywhere we go, in our everyday life, holiness is one of those things we've all been working on since the day we met Jesus. For some of you, it's been a journey of 50 plus years that you've known Jesus and you've been working on holiness. For others of you, you've just met Jesus. You don't even know what this means, but you're working on it. You're trying. Holiness is one of those words that we only ever hear in church, though, right? Like, you don't write about it in your uni papers, you don't talk about it at the cafe, you don't hear about it in the news but it's such an important word in the house of God. And here's what I want you to do. We don't have time to unpack this now together, so just write this down in your notes. And I want you to think about this during your time with God this week. If God's house, my heart, is meant to be a holy place, what is an area of my life that I need to surrender to God or a habit that I need to change or give up? What areas of my life can I identify that are not pleasing to God? Think about your challenges, your weaknesses, your shortcomings. Think about how you react and handle setbacks. Think about your relationships, your disappointments. Think about the things that annoy you, like bad drivers in Portugal. Right, John? I, have, I say that I have to work on my holiness every day in Portugal when I'm driving. Think about those things and write them down and talk to God about those. How can you make his house a more holy place. And finally, His house is a home. His house is our home. But I keep talking about God's house being a home, but maybe you're sitting here today and you've come from a really difficult family background. Perhaps your home growing up wasn't one of love and peace and unity. So it's actually really hard and difficult for you to relate to God's house as a home, Because of your background and because of the memories you associate with that word. But let me tell you something so encouraging. This house is a place to find freedom. This house is a place where God can change your story. Where God can redeem your story. Where God can redeem the word home for you. God's house is a place you can bring down your walls and break generational cycles of violence and anger and abuse. In this home, you can release to him your fears, your hurts, confess your wrongdoings or the things that have made his house not holy enough. Here, we should be able to be our true selves, to be genuine and real and vulnerable with one another. In fact, that's probably one of the things I most remember about the people I met here is that my life with you was real and genuine and vulnerable, and I was able to experience real freedom in living in community here. That's what the house of God has to offer you today. Do you know that just one word from Jesus can heal your heart? Just one touch from Jesus can turn your life around. And if home is not a good thing for you, then I pray that you find this place, these people, to be your home, that God will change your story, that God will redeem that for you. In this place, we live according to God's word. We have a code of conduct. We have a set standard. And that standard is set by the very nature of who God is. And in this house, we allow his spirit to transform us. You know, in John chapter 15, we read the words, remain in me and I will remain in you. That's just Jesus saying, stay close. Stay connected. Stay in my house and make it your home. Church is so counter to our current culture these days because like I said the world just keeps saying do your thing do you and be happy do what makes you comfortable you don't have to worry about everybody else don't worry about the consequences live how you want and church is saying no the true family of God says no in this house we make each other accountable in this house, we live as community. In this house, we, re- we live real and genuine lives with each other. In this house, as the word of God says, we sharpen one another. In this house, we accept the challenge of everyday holiness, not just for ourselves, but for one another. In this house, we have a different standard. In this house, we want others to become more like Jesus as much as we want us to become more like Jesus. Here we submit our attitudes and our behaviors to be molded to the way of Jesus. And I just want to say an encouraging thing. To those of you who don't know church and who are new here, I've just encouraged you to get connected, to settle in, to learn more about this. But I just want to say a quick word to those of you who've been walking with Jesus a really long time. God wants to remind you this morning, and I thank you, Helen, today in your prayer back there. You spoke exactly about the thing God was putting in my heart. God wants to remind us of who we are in him. God wants to remind us of our purpose in him. God wants to remind you who've been walking with him a really long time that this is your home, that you belong here, that he wants you to serve him, that he wants you to get connected with him. So if you've been walking with Jesus a long time and maybe you've just lost sight of your identity and your calling and your purpose, you can find that in his house. It's not by being outside of his house that you're going to be reminded. It's by remain in him and he will remain in you. It's by getting connected. It's by coming back to the Father's house. When we come back to the Father's house, we remember all the good things. We remember all the ways in which he loves us and blesses us through this community. So just as I finish This is what I know about God's house. In this house, I grow, I change, I conform to the way of Jesus, I remain close to Him. I renew and transform my mind from the noise and the garbage that the world is throwing at me every day. In here, I find a new family, a sense of belonging. I contribute and I also receive. This is definitely what Reuben and I experienced and continue to experience here at Coastline Vineyard. We are so blessed that God made this church a part of our story. You know, leaving our sunny country 13 years ago, in our home church, the one I grew up in, coming to start a new life here as a student, working on the side, starting a new marriage, the only marriage. Things could have been really difficult for us. And in fact, we had the mentality, we're going to go get our diploma and get out. And again, God had a totally different story for us. What could have been just a few hard years of hard work and just trudging on, to actually turn into a beautiful plan for God to bless this community through us, but also for this community to bless us for us to grow and experience him in a whole new way. So here's my last encouragement to you. When you allow God to lead, he can turn something bad or difficult or sad into something beautiful and life-changing. What could have been the most difficult thing we had to do, which was leave our home and come here, actually later, years later turned into another most difficult thing, which was leaving this church. One of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in my life was leave this church and leave these people and leave this community and leave this house. So just remember that God can turn your story around, that God can make you feel like you belong here if you just let him in and let him use you. And I just want us to pray for you this morning. I want us to spend time in God's presence. I've spoken of a lot of different things I know, but just speak with God at the moment right now and just ask him what it is in all of this that he wants to speak to you whether that's being part of a family, being part of a body, whether it's making his house a holier place, or whether it's making his house your home.